You are listening to a Nerd Room Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Be sure to check out more from the Star Wars Commonwealth on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Welcome to the Nerd Room. We talk all things comics and movies. This is going to be a slightly different formatted episode from our usual weekly podcast. Now, I am away on business and we can't quite get together and produce the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 review that we actually wanted to. So we decided to push that out until early next week. So you will be getting that. But what I want to do here was just quickly lay down my top five highlights from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 and maybe generate a bit of dialogue amongst the listeners so that we can hear what your favorite moments were from the movie and we incorporate some of that into our overall review. So again, we will be reviewing this movie in our normal format and it will be part of our MCU retrospective series as well and that will be coming out early next week. But for this episode, I just want to do a quick mini review because I just need to get some of my thoughts out there because As you can guess, I absolutely loved this movie, and so did everyone else, because this thing raked in like $145 million in its opening weekend, which is humongous for this franchise, and it gets me that much more amped up for what they're going to do in Infinity War, as well as their expansion of the Marvel Cinematic Cosmic Universe. So what I'm going to do here is I'm just going to quickly, over the next 10 minutes or so, just throw down my top five moments. And these are in no real particular order. I just kind of scribbled these down as I got out of the movie theater, kind of sitting here in my car. And I'm just going to spit them out here, no order. And this is probably quite a fluid list because this movie, I think, will benefit from repeat viewings. There's a lot of things here that I probably didn't fully grasp onto. And before we do our whole review, I wanted to actually sit down and watch this again and also revisit Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 so I can have appreciation for how some of these characters were developed from that original film. So my first thing here for my top five moments from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is world building. Like the first installment, Volume 2 spends a good amount of time expanding the cinematic cosmic lore. With the inclusion of the Sovereign and Aisha, we saw Howard the Duck in there, references to eternity. We had Ego, which is expanding the idea of celestials, new planets, and also the inclusion of the original Guardians team. And what we're seeing here is really this universe expanding, and that gives me exactly what I want from this franchise, a real Star Wars-esque Marvel cosmic universe. I want to see background characters. I want to see things developing. I want to see different planets, and we're getting all of that. I did think we're going to get a bit more of what we're going to see in Thor Ragnarok included in this film, maybe acting as a bridge to that movie. So I think that was a slight missed opportunity that we didn't see anything expanded beyond this immediate Guardians universe. I would have liked to have seen even the planet with the Grandmaster. I know we got a little bit of inclusion him towards the end of the film in that kind of sidebar dancing, but I would have liked to see them develop a bit more of that so we had an appreciation for the size and this, the locations that we're going to see in Ragnarok. But overall, again, expanding on the worlds that we did see, expanding on the universe, I think is great. We're getting a lot of this crazy cosmic Marvel comic book universe inserted very quickly into the Marvel Cinematic Cosmic Universe, and with the references and discussions we're hearing from James Gunn and Kevin Feige, it really excites me for what we could see in the future. All right, number two, the cinematography. James Gunn used every single color 
in the box while putting this film together. It was beautifully shot. And everything from Eagle's Planet to the space battles had me visually engaged the whole movie. I could not look away. I had a little bit of a hard time in the IMAX with the glasses and all that. There's a lot happening on the screen, but their ability to use the visuals to really draw you into the movie, I thought was executed expertly. Number three, Yondu. Michael Rooker stood out amongst the crowd in volume two. He is one of the best parts of the film and his death at the end really hit me. It's the first main character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to actually bite it. Like I know we had Quicksilver die in Age of Ultron, but he's kind of introduced in that movie and he wasn't a big part of it. But you take Yondu, he was a huge part of volume one and he's a massive part of volume two. And seeing that character depart it really puts some stakes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe for potentially future movies that are going to be focused in and around the cosmic universe, particularly Infinity War. There's real potential here that we could see main characters die in future movies, especially with the end of contracts coming. This could be an effective way of leading into and getting audiences prepared for the deaths of some of our main characters. And I think we need this. We heard a lot in this movie about what Thanos had done to Nebula. And with the death of Yondu, layered on with what Nebula discussed throughout this whole movie about how Thanos tortured or replaced body parts as she lost, this is starting to really put some stakes into what we could see into Avengers Infinity War. And they're starting to build up Thanos here. Yes, Thanos wasn't actually in the movie but they did build his character up to be a relentless villain someone that could do that to someone he considers a daughter what would he do to the avengers what would he do to the population of earth it opens up a wide spectrum of possibilities number four our main cast of guardians characters everyone was on point here each actor turned in a great performance for their characters. And the story itself allowed them to develop from the first installment. Standouts for me were Drax and Gamora. Drax was one of the best parts of volume one and he stands out here again. His humor is on point. He has a lot of really great scenes and you see him developing his character quite a bit with his relationship with Mantis. My other standout was Gamora. I felt that she fell a little bit flat in the first installment of the Guardians franchise. And I felt that here she was given a little bit more to do and she seemed like she was taking more of a leadership role amongst the Guardians themselves. They did try to pit this Star-Lord and Gamora love angle on us, but at the same time, I didn't feel like she was this damsel in distress. She was a real character in this film and I thought she really showed her leadership and strength throughout the entire movie. And my number five here is kind of a cheat because it's two things, but the inclusion of the original Guardians team and the reference to Adam Warlock. This was my oh my god moment. This is no joke when I literally sat there and said, no fucking way, in the middle of the theater. Like, this, this just blew me away that James Gunn was able to include characters like Starhawk, Charlie 27, Martin X, Alita Ogor, Kruger, mainframe like it's nuts that he was able to slide these characters in and it felt somewhat organic like it just expanded so much we talked in previous podcasts about maybe including some of these in off reference but the fact that they jammed them right in there right off the start too with starhawk and martin x this is incredible what he was able to do here and these characters are absolutely ridiculous from the 90s like this is it just blew my mind that they put them into this film and it just felt right and I love that they included that. This is a huge fan service nod to the original Guardians fans, to those that read the Guardians 3000 book that I really enjoyed. So I love that they're able to include the original team and this offhanded reference in the post credit sequence to them going off on their own adventure, amazing. Getting the band back together, amazing. 
And Adam Warlock as well. Wow, I cannot believe that he snuck this in there. We knew it was coming. I had a feeling it was coming. That was one of our predictions before going into this film, that there would be some sort of inclusion of Adam Warlock. His importance to the Infinity Gauntlet story and to the Infinity Saga itself cannot be understated. And I'm so happy that we did get the Cocoon reference as well as the reference to his name coming from Aisha and the Sovereign. This is an appropriate reference. Aisha is a direct tie through her to Adam Warlock. Him, incredible. Thank you, James Gunn. Thank you for including Adam Warlock in this. I cannot wait to see him show up either in Infinity War or maybe Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. So that is my top five highlights from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I'd love to hear what you guys thought. What were your top five highlights from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2? This movie stands out for me among some of the best in the MCU. Maybe not the best, but it is really great. I have to simmer on this a bit more before I rank it amongst other MCU movies, and even before I rank it against... Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1. But if you guys would like to send in your thoughts, you can always hit me up on email at thenerdrm at gmail.com. You can tag us on Twitter at thenerdrm. You can also comment on our YouTube or Facebook pages. We'd love to hear what you guys think before we drop our actual review for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which will be coming out early next week. Stay tuned to our Twitter account, that's thenerdrm for the exact release date, but I'm trying to peg it around a Monday or Tuesday release. And then you'll also get our normal Nerd Room release on the same Thursday that we usually drop these in. So hopefully you guys like this. If you'd like to hear more of this, more of these top five highlights or top five moments as short little podcasts, be sure to let me know. All right, guys, until early next week for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim. This has been a Nerd Room podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim and Troy, on Twitter at TheNerdRM and TroyTheBoy87. Don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search The Nerd Room Podcast. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find other podcasts on the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Generation X-Wing, Tumbling Saber, Rogue Squadron Podcast, and the Skyhopper Podcast. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SWCommonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.